0: Yes, yes And the lo-fi podcast revolution continues and it's, the, it's the lo-fi Don The lo-fi Don Dada Natty One Mill Back at your service Today is October twentieth, 2017 And um, today we have episode 54 Of the Adventures in Find the Shit Out podcast Adventures for short Or if you're talking to an old lady Or if you're talking to a young child um, So that they don't get the wrong impression Be nice Omit the curse words But if you're talking to a friend It's Adventures in Finding Shit Out Episode 54 Uh, Yeah man I'm I don't know if I said this I don't know if anybody's Follow me follow, Follows me Follows me On Twitter At all The last few hours have been quite hectic for me I've been bumping Future and Young Thug's new album, as well as various TED Talks. It's podcast time. It's podcast time. Um, But yeah, so we're back after I think about a week, maybe a week and some change, hiatus. Um, Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely to be back. I have so many things to talk about on this podcast now. I mean... From let's see we got OKC wait let's start off with the top right so the NBA season has started it has begun uh, shit man Um, I'm so happy about this season number one because of the moves that OKC made I'm so happy I'm very happy uh competition in the West is is very high. Um, aside from that, it's a lot of young stars to keep your eye on. I obviously Lonzo Ball. It's a few there's a few others that really uh that really could have a big season this year. Ben Simmons one of them. Um a few others. Dennis Smith. But yeah, um NBA season, top of the it's at the top of the top. It's at the top of the top of the things to talk about on this podcast. Um, also, man, like some side stuff, not necessarily I guess current events, but like I watched the documentary Icar- Icar- Icarus, Icarus, um, about the the doping about doping and um, the anti doping that they uh, associations that they have in the Olympics. And um, it's a real interesting documentary if you're into sports and shit like that. It'll teach you a lot about what goes on behind closed doors in those type of facilities and shit like that. What people actually do to get gold medals is crazy. And aside from that, it also, honestly, I think it it more closely follows like Lance Armstrong and the cycling community and the doping within their little subset, subgenre of sports. Um, but honestly, when you start seeing what these cyclists go through and what this i a Russian doctor that follows this guy named Brian Fogel um and he wants to compete in a race, like I said, if you want to see it, it's on Netflix Icarus is like the guy that flew too close to the sun uh, is the name of the documentary um but it le- it just gives you a perspective on what you could expect from any other sports organization. Like, I, I don't think that the NBA's test drug testing um, protocol is as stringent as the Olympics. And these motherfuckers are cheating the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that hard to think <laughs> that motherfuckers in America have learned how to beat American test protocol, if that makes sense. I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to believe that nobody in the NBA... No one in the NFL, no, there's nobody in America that is is cheating the doping standards. Is flying, you know, just below the radar enough not to get caught. By and and that's if the the if the authorities, the people that are that heads of these these associations, want to really catch them. Because if it's me and I got a vest, vested interest in whether or not. I don't want to put his name in this bucket, but he's the most—he's the most intriguing suspect, and that's LeBron James. You telling me that if I'm Adam Silver, and I get you know somebody tip my hat or you know just tip me off to, to LeBron James, and I'm I'm gonna. Prosecute him to you know what at this juncture in the NBA probably conceivable that he might do something like that because of Adam Silver's nature and because they have so many fucking stars these days. It's the the NBA has so many stars these days that if they miss LeBron James now, or if they, if they if LeBron James were to miss out on what would be the remainder of his natural career, um. Then I'm not sure that the NBA would like 100 percent like miss him or be damaged by it. You know what I'm saying? But back to the like the 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 actual thread at hand is like just hearing about what Lance Armstrong did, not only what he went through, um, what hoops he jumped through in order to pass these tests, but To find out that inevitably What brought him down Wasn't that he didn't pass the test The motherfucker still Passed the test It was It was the niggas around him That was snitching That ended up getting him caught Whereas You know It was the testimonies That got him caught Whereas Um The The I think the common logic Is that He got That he Got caught on a test And he didn't Like he Like he potentially could still be winning these races, you know, and, and goddamn skating underneath the motherfucking radar, you know, so they can't find them. But it's just, it's insane that these people, I mean, we know for a fact that this, this is going on now, right? So we know that doping goes on in the, in the Olympics, to think that it's not going on in the NFL, going on in the NBA, it's still baseball. I look at some of these dudes' physiques, I'm like, shit, like, what the, what the fuck you be eat? What do you eat? Like, do you. That's weird. Do you just. What do you. You just eat fucking. What do you eat? I don't know. Some of these dudes is just. It's flabbergasting. And then some guys, like in MMA, which is. I highly criticize sports if we talk about blood. I mean, I'm no, not blood doping. Uh know yeah, what? Well, that's essentially what it is is doping. Um, if we talk about doping, MMA is notorious for having people cheat. Almost as notorious as nineties baseball, early two thousands baseball. Baseball in general, pre two thousands. Um but yeah, now, now I just have a little bit of side eye. Like I got a little bit of skeptical eyes looking at the league and the NBA and any any sporting event at all. Like now it's like it's it's seeming like if you got the right thing set up on your side, it's nothing that will stop you from competing, earning money, blah, 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 including drug testing. So that's been on my mind lately. And then when I start, I think when I started going down that road, I started thinking about drug testing and athletics and I started thinking like, okay, so what would be the equivalent? You know, we, we do, like you do PEDs in order to beat the fuck out of somebody or to win a game in basketball, football, but what's the equivalent of like PEDs? And for anybody that doesn't know, PEDs are performance enhancing drugs. Performance-enhancing drugs, like what's the equivalent of it in in an, in an intellectual endeavor? Almost like, all right, so you got, in, in your physical sense, you got all of these dudes that do e, like EPO, different drugs, ball I mean, the list goes on, you name it, um, will do it to increase physical performance. But I was looking on the internet for a drug, PED, that would increase your intellect or would help some in some sorts uh with with I mean with cognitive function, you know. I, I wanted to know whether it was somebody at the, the the extreme of this. And I looked it up and lo and behold there is. Now this community I don't know how deep they are, right? But Silicon Valley, if anybody's familiar with the West Coast uh Bay Area, San Francisco, Silicon Valley is a community in California uh bay area where they develop i want to say it's computer software let's let's look this up so we can really get like a decent picture of what it is i don't want to fuck this up for y'all um, so, so the like the actual silicon valley is a nickname for a southern portion of the bay area northern part of the us state california In the valley, so it's uh, Santa Clara Valley, in Santa Clara County, in California, and in in this in this county inside of this city, um, let's see. I know it's it's a it's a tech hub. If you want the short of it, it's a tech hub. They discover, for lack of I guess, would it be discover? They invent a lot of software, like computer technology and shit like that, out there. Um, I mean, essentially, it's the gathering place for anybody who's creating an app, anyone who's trying to make some type of hardware. Uh, I mean, any any type of uh, technological advancement is probably being made in Silicon Valley right now. And um, so I'm looking online, and there's a community that lives in this part of America, uh, Santa Clara Valley, Silicon Valley, and these people dope, or what would I the technical term or the the, the, the nomenclature in the subset of people is micro dosing, and what they do is they take the tiniest hits. Of, and I'm not sure whether it's LSD or uh, psilocybin mushrooms, but I've heard two. I've heard of both, that microdosing with mushrooms and uh, acid, LSD, um, to increase cognitive function, which would essentially be a, a performance-enhancing drug um, because... Um, on a couple of these, like I've, I've read through a couple of articles, watched a couple of videos, and these professors, or the professors of big uh, university programs, or you know, the top ranking um, professors in those programs of highly regarded universities, Ivy League universities, uh, don't want, don't willingly, openly admit to drug use at all. And my, my, the feeling I gather, like when I listen to these people talk is that they're doing this not only under the radar, but, um, under, I want to say under the radar from public scrutiny, but privately behind closed doors, I believe it feels like, it feels like these universities know about the drug use, uh, and instead want to hush, hush it, um, but this microdosing like you when you start learning more and more about it you start realizing it it's got some not only cognitive benefits as far as like if you already function baseline and these people these motherfuckers out in silicon valley they don't have no trouble at all with brain function and they going to like the next level so uh <laughs> it has some medicinal benefits as well not only like just trying to you know, reach higher heights as far as cognitive function, but also like relieving the effects of depression and menstruation, which was a weird one for me. Like, well, I don't understand what uh, I don't understand what microdosing LSD can do for um, menstruation for women. But apparently it's on the list. It's one of the things that it treats. Anxiety is not one of them. But yeah, so I went in and started thinking about that. And I'm like, all right, so here you have like two sets of people, like two different genres, if we will, like of of artists, one that uses its physical body to perform and then one that uses a specific part of the mind to perform. And. It's. I mean, like I said, you could probably, you could pretty much guarantee that there are an elite subset of athletes that willingly use performance enhancing drugs, and these professors at at these Ivy League schools and these tech nerds out in Silicon Valley are willingly, they're willingly admitting it um, in some cases. That they use, that they use microdosing of LSD and and uh, psychoactive mushrooms to gain an edge. I'm telling you that the entire culture is probably involved in this because it's not only these Silicon Valley nerds using microdoses of LSD to help them reach higher heights. It's not only these Russian athletes that actually had to fucking turn in the gold medals that they won because of the, the, the doping that they had going on. I'm telling you that it, it goes down to the musical artists that we listen to, whether it's future or, I mean, you name the list. I don't think there's ever been a sober, rap I don't think there's been a sober rapper in the last 10 years, at least not one of note. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I believe right down to our mothers and fathers use drugs. I think this entire society is on some shit. Everybody, right down, goddamn everybody, and um, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of came to that conclusion. I was like lo- looking through everything, and I'm like, shit. Well, these athletes are doing some shit, right? And then he, he have the tech athletes over here. <laughs> The, the, the tech, the, 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 that's not a good term to call I should call them the, the, the fucking nerds is over here doing drugs Athletes is over here doing drugs So is everyone in the middle Um, It's just hilarious to me When I not, You know I, I talk to other people sometimes And like Everyone has no problem There's, there's, there's nobody that I talked to in the last week About this That has any problem coming to that conclusion Or even think that that conclusion Is a stretch I mean Fuck with me on Twitter if you think that that shit is a stretch At all To think that the the, the entire society And culture And if you ask motherfuckers like Graham Hancock he think that the, the culture Has been wrapped up in drug use since Goddamn centuries now since before we could even goddamn read or write, drugs have been pre- prevalent in, in the culture of humans, the human race. So I don't know. That was just something interesting I found out this past week, man. That that shit is that, that 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 is a that's a scary conclusion to come to. Like it's crazy that we all probably drugged out, all of us. All of us, in our own little way. Whether it's Adderall, whether it's Meth, whether it's coffee, which is speed, whether it's, you know, this, that, and the third thing. Whether you're an athlete, you want some some shit, or whether you're a tech nerd, write down, you want some shit. But yeah. So though that's in the topic of discussions, you know, I guess we go, went ahead and covered that one. The NBA season is intriguing. I guess we could come back to that. Now, after that conversation, the NBA season talk sounds a little make it, makes it sound a little less worthwhile. But it just, I guess it all depends on who you consider a clean athlete in the NBA. Um But yeah. So, there's that. I mean, what else? What else that I have written down, huh? Let's check. Oh, I had an interesting conversation this past week with a friend of mine whose opinion i hold in high regard right so we chatting and must have chatted maybe six no no it was about four hours about four hour conversation and we ran through god and the whole bit right and um one thing that stuck out in my mind, I'm actually going to do this research right here on a podcast. Is yoga the devil? <laughs> is yoga demonic? And as I speak to you, I'm searching this, right? And it comes up straight up in the in the search bar, which is, is crazy. Okay, is it okay for Christians to do yoga? See, I, I, I hesitate on this to read it from... A magazine called Relevant. They actually have a nice little website, though. Not going to lie. Nice little like Vice News setup. So, at the top of this article, it says, A few months ago, Pastor Mark Driscoll of Mars Hill Church in Seattle was given a sermon called Jesus and Demons. As a part of the sermon, he invited his congregation to text him with specific questions, which he would answer on the spot. One question in particular, since it's gotten a lot of attention. Should could should Christians stay away from yoga because it is it is because of its demonic roots? See, I this is my first time hearing about it, and then so she brings up like kundalini yoga. Um Kundalini yoga as like the culprit of letting these demons possess you. I just like she literally said possess. Um and for a second I was taken back. I was like possession? Uh You talk about like you talking about like like an exorcist. Like In your body, for real? I've never seen that in my life, and I, you know what? I think it would be viral on YouTube at this point. Like, maybe, maybe it is some world hoax that people can get possessed. Um, is that a such thing? Is it a such thing to get possessed by a demon? And like, I know what the next step in logic. At this juncture in the conversation is Because You talk about possession in the In the traditional sense You kind of like looking for Looking for a needle in a haystack But if you're looking for possession (laughs) If you're looking Well see And I'm I'm sitting here thinking about this on the spot The rebuttal would be like the comeback, if you're having a conversation with somebody that is of God and is trying to prove to you that possession and exorcisms are real, they would say, uh, so and so is obsessed with, or something about their, their personality has become insanely obsessive about something. It would seem like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, he's possessed when I think about the the word being used, like how we use it now like especially like in like 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 uh, uh like in our culture like American culture, write down like popular culture um it would seem like being possessed is like having a mindset. I've heard it during basketball games where they would be like, yo, this dude, he's possessed. He's playing like a man possessed. And in a way, it's, in a way, you could be right. In a way, you would be right, literally. Like, people talk about, and when, when they use the word, he, this so-and-so is possessed, um... They're talking about a state of mind that you achieve when you get into a pocket when you rapping and freestyling and every word rhymes, or when you playing basketball and you can't miss a shot, or like with comedians where they get on stage and they just hit a pocket where it's like everything is working. I mean it, it, that the the flow state exists at every in. Every direction of life and every dimension. So to think that you can't achieve that state or a state like it from doing yoga. And if you're doing yoga constantly throughout the day. Like if you have, let's say you have three sessions. Because I would think that that would be like the threshold. Let's say you have three intense sessions of yoga every day. I guess you would be a little possessed, huh? You start talking about using bare feet everywhere and the namaste and being peaceful and everything. Yeah, I guess you would, you would seem possessed. You would seem possessed. Whether or not that's, uh, accurate to what's happening. I don't know, but it's crazy to think about it in that sense. That's probably where the religious idea came from that this man is possessed because he's, Outside of his mind. He is. That's what accounts of flow state sound like when they start talking about it. I've heard Donald Cerrone, who was an MMA fighter, talk about it. He's like, when you get into that state, you know, because it feels like you aren't you. You are the controller. And that's the body. You know, he's outside of his mind watching his body perform. It's weird. And I just used the phrase outside of his mind. So it makes sense. Whether or not I'm willing to go to the lengths of thinking that yoga inspires possession, I'm going to need a little more proof. But so far, if I'm making an argument for it, it's pretty coherent so far. This joint has legs, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, so I got into that conversation about God and you know, I'm going to have, hopefully the person that I had this conversation with on the podcast very soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have Haven on the podcast. Um, eventually soon. I don't know when, not sure. Um, before the end of this year, most before the end of this year, most definitely. Um, but yeah, moving on into other things. um, so yeah, back to the NBA season. I want to I wanna cap this podcast off with that. Fucking for sure. So, Gordon Hayward's out for the year. Which means the Celtics are out of the race for the year. Which, you know what? I wasn't hearing a whole lot of people talk about the moves. Well, not, I, I heard them talk about the moves that the Celtics made. But not necessarily the moves that they would make... In the postseason Like talking about Whether or not they would First of all Who the fuck are they beating From the west I mean realistically The Cavs have a really good shot Beating everybody in the west In the finals Um, That being said Gordon Hay was out for a year Kyrie Irving This year is a waste You could've just stayed in Cleveland Maybe won a ring This year But instead you, You're gonna be The only guy In Boston And to a certain extent, you deserve it. That's what you deserve. I'm not hating on him. I don't fucking hate the Cavs or nothing like that. I mean, uh, Kyrie Irving. I don't love the Cavs or anything like that, is what I meant to say. But um, it's something about his departure that kind of, I don't know, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And especially fans of the league, like people that actually hardcore follow the league. It's a little fucked up how he left. It was a little fucked up. Um, aside from that, um, well, Golden State lost their first game against Houston, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting Houston to come out and lose that game, but they came, they came through with some shit that I didn't think I was going to see from them on that night. Goddamn, man. The Houston Rockets are really good. They're really good. Um, I struggled to see who they could beat in the West Conference, if they could beat the Spurs in the West Conference Finals or the Warriors in the West Conference Finals, honestly, I would put them behind Oklahoma City, City Thunder still, only because I know what Melo is capable of when the chips are down. And it seems like his chips are down the most because now age is not in your favor anymore. When you're young, you know what I'm saying? You can trade teams and go this way, blah, blah, blah. He don't have that option anymore. Like, now you a victim. Not a victim, but you know what I'm saying? You, for the, you alone for the ride. You know what I'm saying? Now your career is taking you in certain places. You're on the back nine of your career. You haven't won a championship. Of course, you're a decorated scorer. But, you know, if you mellow, your life is flashing before your Your basketball life is flashing before your eyes at this very moment. Um, and so I, yeah, I I put OKC in high regard, not only because they have that player, they have Melo, Melo in a, in, in his years where he's desiring a championship the most and still can kind of go out and win it. And to be honest, I put him, his potential, his ceiling, like as a player, he's a top 15 player, if not top 10, like this year. Yes, for sure. hundred percent. If you, if you consider LeBron James still a top 10 player. You have to. There's no way Carmelo Sealant isn't in the top 15. He could be a top 15 player for sure. 100%. Um, where was I going with that? I cannot remember. But what I was saying about in the grand scheme and things about OKC and, um, and the Thunder. I just like them more because they have not only him, but the best player in the world. That's right. The best player in the world. Not just the best point guard, not like the best shooter, scorer, the best player in the NBA in the world, Russell Westbrook. Reigning MVP. I just don't see anybody moving like him. Like not anymore, not even LeBron anymore. I would put in his category. He um you know is the the standard of elite in the league right now. Him I would say the league has ushered in a new generation. This is and this this is the year that they take over. Um, Curry, Durant, you know, taking the league from guys like Wade, like Brian, like Melo, like, you know, add on to the list. So you got Paul George, you got these guys, Russell Westbrook, Curry, Clay, Draymond, KD, the list goes on. Uh, Kyrie uh, Yeah And and, you know You can keep going This is their league now You know How much longer LeBron will be able To stay relevant In that conversation Of who is in the top three Those days are numbered I'm not sure How much longer They're going to last They could last Anywhere from One to I would say the, The ceiling on that Is three Three and a half years that's the that's the betting line, over or under three and a half years for LeBron to be still considered a uh, top three player. Yeah, but I just feel like it's the new guys' league, and if you look around at the league right now, Harden. I mean, yeah, I mean that goes without saying. A lot a lot of people would agree with me on that. The I like OKC matching up against. The Spurs, I like them matching up against, of course, Golden State. I like the match the way they match up against a lot of teams, is because they have the best player handling the ball every play. I saw a couple of possessions where Paul came up with, up the floor with the ball, um, but of course Russell was sitting down. Raymond Felton was the the point. And um, I'm thinking like, why not run it that way? I mean, and we coming into this this stage in NBA anyway, you know, I'm done talking about like the playoff picture and all of that shit. It's the fucking first week. Give me a break. We'll come back to that conversation, maybe mid-season and be able to talk a little bit more intelligently, intelligible, intelligent. Yes, we'll have a little bit more intelligence when the the mid-season landmark comes up. But right now, I want to talk about that. Like, these, uh, these, these players in the league, like, you look around, like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, they're so good. Honestly, I forgot where I was going with it. But, um, the landscape of the league in general, ah, that's where I was going. Thank you. Um, it's probably the weed, anyways. Um, yeah, like I was saying, we come to a juncture in NBA where it's like <clears throat> the fours act like threes, the threes kind of act like tools in some sense you know this the, the style of play is is so mish mash hosh posh that it's crazy um, Russell Westbrook being a ball handler makes sense but if you had somebody Paul George's size that can handle the ball coming up the floor like a LeBron James why not you know it 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 throws a wrench at the at the team you face especially if they could play it with some some type of uh productivity and like average some crazy numbers like imagine if paul George became like a, a triple double animal like just started averaging triple doubles that would be i mean and you're talking about him playing the point and and it, Traditionally Playing the point But Still at the The three position Or the two Or the You know Two or the three Call him what you want He's the primary ball handler But he's still on the floor Playing the two You know what I'm saying He's still got that matchup Um That would That's interesting to me And I think that's where the league is headed Where it's kind of like I don't play What position you play I don't play I don't know What position you play I don't know What the fuck What the fuck he playing Who Who man is that Like we we coming into a, a time in the league where the, the 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 switches off the pick and roll is forcing players from the four or five position to guard the twos and the ones, and I th- I think w- where I think we ultimately headed is where everybody's a fucking basketball player on the floor. You know, traditionally this is the way I think of it. I don't know. This, I don't know necessarily if this is true or not. Um, but the way that I think about it is when basketball first started, it wasn't any specialists. Now we have specialists. And what I mean by that is when you sculpting a, a, a team basketball in the ancient ages of 18... What is it? 1896? When did Naismith invent ba- basketball? I don't know. But if you're constructing a team, you don't have anybody who even knows remotely what the fuck they're doing unless Naismith is teaching them. Naismith, if, if you following logically i mean it's not really in a in a big in a big man's skill set to go out and shoot the ball dribble with efficiency especially his first time touching whatever the fuck a basketball is you know um it's not in this in his skill set we're coming into a time when let's let's go and look up when basketball um When was basketball invented? I'm going to say basketball, I'm going to say 1896. I think it was somewhere around then. Um, we, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how many years. 1891. So I was five years off. Um, so that's a hundred and some odd years of evolution of a game. The very first game of basketball was played um, December 21st. 1891 in Canada. No, 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 no. I was teaching a physical education class in Springfield, Massachusetts, the YMCA International Training School. Huh. But yeah, so we're talking about 100 years plus. We're coming up on like 125 years of basketball. That's more than 125 years. We passed 125 years. 130? Anyways, we, we're we coming into a point where everybody can learn how to play basketball. They don't necessarily have to grow up playing a position. You know what I'm saying? Anthony Davis used to be a point guard. You know Now it's in big men's skill set to be able to come up the floor with the ball and naturally be able to shake off defenders. Whereas before, it was just like, oh, I'm running up. I'm following the little man. The little man is bouncing the ball. And he's good with handles. And, you know, the same vice versa, whereas the, the smaller position guys are getting good in the post and doing it, it versatility, you know, rebounding the ball is not a, a big man's thing anymore, or is not solely a big man's thing anymore. I see Russell Westbrook outbody dudes to get the ball on a nightly basis. LeBron James at the four is a threat because of his his, and you know, it's a different skill set. Um, That he's using to be able to rebound the ball. is a conjunction of explosiveness, speed, and being able to jump. Um, Whereas early on you had dudes just rebounding the ball because they were taller than the other guy, longer than the other guy. So you're seeing people use advantages, players in the NBA use advantages that they know that they have over other players to get the rebound. So if I'm faster than you, I'm just going to beat you to the ball. If I'm taller than you, I'm going to box you out you know using different techniques to get the desired effect and that's that's what it's all about i'm glad that it's coming to this point but a lot of people do not like this league they think it's soft they think that a lot of these players in this league couldn't last if they played in a different generation the, i mean you know i'd like to agree with that um cuz you know i i hold the 90s in high regard but the this it's just it's not it's not a it's not a fact that Steph Curry couldn't make these these uh, ridiculous shots that they wouldn't be able to go up by this number of points if they had this skill set in that generation. That's something to see. You know what I'm saying? A shooter better than Reggie Miller playing with Reggie uh, against Reggie Miller or with him? Maybe I don't know. Reggie Miller seemed like he would probably be on the you know what I'm saying on Golden State Warriors. Oh, crooked mouth ass motherfucker. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but he seemed like he would fit in with that that bunch of players. You know what I'm saying? Shooting a three. That's his style of play. So but yeah, that's um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just like I like having that conversation. I'm coming back to it right now, like everybody in the league now is a basketball player, right on up to the five. The five is just as much as a well rounded basketball player as the little man. Or the small, man, smaller guy. The smaller guy is just. They, it's coming like now. It's like it, your skill set determines. You need to be able to do everything, everything, and in your own you, um, in your own unique way, you know. Being able to rebound the ball with speed or finesse or straight up length, you know. You, you need to be able to manufacture this in different ways in a league where they play small ball. To its most effectiveness today is where they playing small ball the most it, at his at his best. You know, KD's running a five now. You know he wouldn't have been able to run a five. I take that back because with speed, I don't know, and that scoring is ridiculous. Anyways, I hate to leave it. The fucking podcast like this on this note with this type of energy, but um, yeah, man. There's time has flown by an hour, an hour in the books. Anyways, uh check me out, motherfucking Twitter at Natty One Mil. That's N A T T E E, the number one M I L on Twitter. I'm there. I'm on Instagram, same handle. Lo-Fi Podcast Revolution continues. It marches on. We are live. Oh, yes. Actually, and you'll probably listen to this on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're listening to it on iTunes, check me out on SoundCloud as well. Uh, the URL is Podcasting. That's soundcloud.com, backslash N A T B E P O D C A S T I N. I just killed that. Anyways, I love you guys and um, uh, t- tune into the next episode. Tune into the next episode. I'll see you uh, motherfuckers or listen to me next time. Yeah.